Hello, and welcome to Our Heart for Teaching, where we explore the why in the teaching profession. I'm your host, Christy Everhart. Thank you for joining us today as we discuss that million-dollar question of what's your why in education? Welcome to another episode of Our Heart for Teaching. This morning, we are joined by Jasmine Corley. Good morning, Jasmine. How are you? Hi, good morning. I'm doing well. How are you? Awesome. Thank you. Um, Jasmine, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners? Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're doing in education. Sure. Um, So my name is Jasmine Corley, and I've been living here in Austin for about three and a half years. Um, Originally, I'm from California, specifically the Monterey Bay area, so Central Coast. Um, And I've been loving it here in Austin so far. So Before coming to Austin, I taught sixth grade for two years um, in Southern California, where I went to college. Um, And in the Austin area, I currently, I am a fifth grade ESL teacher at um, Lockhart ISD. Nice. Well, we are glad to have you in Texas. It's always fun. So It's so great. (laughs) I, I have to claim Texas anyway. I lived in Louisiana for part, but Texas definitely most and can't imagine anywhere else. So awesome. Well, that's exciting. And thank you for sharing your background with us. So Jasmine, this podcast is all about sharing your why and and diving deeper into what made you decide to become an educator in the first place. So can you talk to us a little bit about why you wanted to be an educator? Sure. Um, This is always such a big question for me. It hasn't always been, you know, a single moment in my life um, or a really big influence. It was just kind of an influx of little things here and there that made me want to go into education. Um, And actually a big reason why I'm in education is my own educational experience growing up. Um, Growing up, especially my elementary years, kinder through fifth grade, it always wasn't the easiest for me. Um, And I think that's partly because I always felt like an insider. I am multiracial. I'm half Filipino. My mom is from the Philippines. And my other half, I'm Mexican, Spanish, and Portuguese. And so just having that multiracial background, I always felt like I didn't always fit in with my teachers, my classmates. I couldn't relate to them. They couldn't relate to me. Um, So just going through that identity of who I am and Growing up, I always felt like I had to pick a side. Am I going to identify with my Filipino side or am I going to identify with my Hispanic side? But growing up, I always, I came to the conclusion that I don't have to pick a side, um, which was a beautiful thing. It took me a while to get there. So growing up, always felt like an outsider. Um, I didn't have teachers. I felt like I had a really strong relationship with. I felt like it was a very superficial relationship. Um, and I'm such a big relationship person. If I need to work hard for somebody, um, I need to make sure that they honor that hard work, right? And I harder, I honor their hard work in return. Um, and growing up, learning wasn't always the easiest for me. I am such a hands-on person. I can't just read something, memorize it, spew it out, and that's it, right? Um, I like to be, I'm a very tactile person, very hands-on, project-based, And I felt like my learning experiences always didn't reflect that. Um, And so 
with that being said, did not get the best grades. <laughs> and I felt like I had teachers who didn't want to go above and beyond to help me as a learner. Um, and so I kind of felt like that's just how my education was. I kind of came to terms with that. I was like, okay, this is how it is. I'm just going to skate by, go through the system, and that's it, right? But then in sixth grade, I did have a teacher, and it's still the only teacher to this day, um, who was my greatest influence. And that teacher was my language arts teacher, Mr. Christie. And one day, so I had a parent-teacher conference, and I was braced for the typical parent-teacher conference I was used to, you know, with my parents. Um, but something really interesting and surprising happened in that parent-teacher conference. He said that he believed I was one of the smartest and gifted kids in the class, but I just wasn't given opportunities to showcase that. And I was very surprised. And my parents were like, oh, like, what do you mean? And um, just like I had previously mentioned, I'm a very project, hands-on learner. And I love to make connections to my learning, to my own life, right? And so he totally just brought that out in me. And I flourished in sixth grade. And I was very lucky to have him again in seventh grade as my language arts teacher. And yes, he was just my biggest influence. And so just seeing that influence he had on me as a teacher was just so impactful for me. And so now I'm going to fast forward to my college years. And so I always didn't want to be a teacher. And everyone's always surprised that, you know, I mentioned that I was not always an education major. I actually initially wanted to be either a physical therapist or a nurse. In my mind, I always had it. I want to go in healthcare. I want to help people. That was always my thing, acts of service, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, I was in our student government as a representative for college. And so we had these volunteer hours we had to do. We had to go out in the community and help in some way. And so my act or my community service hour was through the public school, the local public school, to tutor little kids for an hour or two here and there. And so I love doing that. I found like I totally just had a great relationship with kids. I adored them. Um, and so I was tutoring this one little girl. I believe she was in first grade, either first or second grade, very young. And she was definitely struggling in reading. And I was like, hey, have you ever asked your teacher for help? Um, I know you say that reading is so hard for you, but do you ask your teacher? She's your teacher. And she was like, oh, I sometimes ask, but the teacher gets so mad at me if I don't understand something. And so that was a very powerful moment for me. In that moment, I saw that I saw myself in that little girl. That was me once. And it just brought me back to how I felt so disempowered as a child growing up because of that. And so if that little girl feels felt like the way I felt, imagine how many other children are out there feeling that way. And so it was actually that year, that was my junior year, I changed my major to education. I loaded up on classes. I somehow still graduated within four years. And here I am. That's awesome and a powerful story. Thank you for sharing. Mm -hmm. So after your sixth and seventh grade year where you had Mr. Christie in language arts, you never had another teacher you felt was really powerful and understood you? No, that's actually a question I get asked quite often. And honestly, I mean, I had in high school, I had a great relationships um, with a lot of my teachers, but not one that went beyond the superficial level. And I think that's in partly due to my nature as well. I felt just growing up always feeling like an outsider. I naturally built this wall up 
with people. And it was very hard to get through that barrier and that wall. And somehow Mr. Christie did. And yeah, I felt like I'd never really had, even through college too, with professors, I never had that one teacher that I had a similar connection with, like Mr. Christie. So then when you decided to change your major um, and become an educator because you saw yourself in this little girl um, and that's powerful. That's super powerful to have that realization and realize mm -hmm. that there are lots of others who feel the same way. What did you decide? Okay. I'm going to be an educator. Like how I'm trying to think how to ask this, how did you, frame your why, like what was going to be your purpose coming in as an educator? Like, how are you going to impact these lives? What was Sure. Your sure. And it wasn't, you're totally right. It wasn't like that day, you know, I decided this is what I'm going to do. It definitely took quite a, a, still some time for me to find out my why and if this is really what I want to do. Um, so actually, my dad, he was an educator. He was a high school teacher. Um, and he actually just retired this past year from being a principal. And everyone says I'm the spitting image of my dad, you know, how I look and how I act, my demeanor. And everyone, you know, especially when I was in high school, seeing how much I connect with little kids, a lot of people said, you know, you have the patience and um, I don't know, just that connection with children that not all of adult, adults have. And I was like, huh, well, I think I'm still set on this healthcare thing. <laughs> but I, that was always in the back of my mind, though, of, okay, maybe I do want to be a teacher, but let me see how this healthcare thing works out. And so my freshman and sophomore years of college, I actually did quite a few internships um, with physical therapy. And I found out through those experiences, you know what, this is nice and cool, but I'm not finding that connection or that spark of this is my passion. And so I felt that spark and passion working with those kids my junior year through those community service hours um, for our student government. And so actually education was always my minor in college <laughs> since it was always in the back of my mind. And I felt like my education classes were actually always my favorite. And so I came to terms with, okay, you know what? People have told me this. I totally feel the spark when I'm doing this. And I can simply change my education minor to my major. Let's do it. And as soon as I did that, Christy, um, changed my major to education, it felt like everything was in place. And I never felt disconnected from the profession. And it was such a beautiful thing. And what are some ways that you've tried to build those connections with your kiddos as you got in the classroom? Because you said you had the one teacher and, and you said that, you know, although you had other good teachers, they never broke past that superficial connection. So what are some ways that you've tried to build those connections and relate to those kiddos that in a way that you never felt your teachers were able to do? Sure. That is an excellent question. Thank you for that question. Um, so I make it a point, and this actually came out of the pandemic as well, is just, yes, academics are super important, right? That's why we, they come to school, our kiddos. Um, but I feel in order for those academics, you know, to come out in our kids and to instill the passion for learning in our kids, we have to get to know our kids on a very personal level. And it's something I don't want to force with my children, you know, my kiddos. And so one thing I do every single morning, Monday through Friday, um, I always start our day in a morning circle where we physically get in a circle with everybody. No one's out of the circle. No one's in the middle of the circle. 
we're all next to each other in our circle. It's our sacred space. And we have this little like moon glowy ball in the middle that kind of sets a very calming presence. So all of my kids feel comfortable. And then we have a talking piece, which I always explain to my students, this talking piece, once you get it, it's kind of like your power to talk and no one can take that power away from you. Um, and so let's respect the talking piece and who has the talking piece so we can all hear our voices one at a time. Now, I'll always start the um, first round of our morning circle of how are you feeling this morning? It can be a single word. You can say why. You don't have to say why. And you know what? If you don't feel comfortable sharing right now, you can simply pass it along. And so just giving them that time to even digest how they're feeling and put a word to that feeling is such a powerful thing for most of my students. And then um, our second and third rounds will say our highs and lows of our week or the day. And then usually I have a little fun question that I, you know, kind of pick out from this little deck of cards, I have a fun questions. And those fun questions, you actually learn a lot <laughs> about your students and they learn a lot about each other too with these fun little questions. And then sometimes they'll ask a serious question, you know, like what is something that's been really hard for you lately? It can be at school, it can be at home. And as the year progresses and we build that relationship with each other and they build that relationship with me, uh, my students I come to find are more open to sharing in our circle. And for those kiddos who still are maybe more reserved and more shy, I have a different outlet in which they can share with me. And I have this little um, personal mailbox right by my desk, and it's locked too. I lock it um, when I'm out of the room, so um, there's some sort of, you know, secrecy to it. And I never share with any other students what is in my mailbox. So they can write on a piece of paper whatever they want to tell me, something about them, something I should know. They put it in my mailbox and I always check it at the end of the day. And I find, and you know what? Honestly, if I was a child, that's the way I would best communicate with my teacher was writing a note and putting it in their mailbox. Um, and so I just find these different outlets in various ways that I want students to feel comfortable communicating with me. And sometimes, or most actually all the time, I'll write them back. If they do write a message to me on that mailbox, I'll write back, you know, and put it inside their desk. Um, but yeah, those are different ways I build my relationships. I think that's awesome. Thank you for sharing some of those strategies. Mm -hmm, absolutely. I love the beauty that you have as an elementary teacher to be able to have those morning meetings and to have the space and the time to be able to do that. I think that's super powerful and I appreciate that. Totally. Yes. Thank you. And I'm very, very lucky and fortunate to have school leaders on my campus who um, give me the grace and the time to do that in my classroom. I think that's huge. So Jasmine, we all know education is a challenging field. We never know what we're coming into day after day and the kids bring so much different things and you know our moods are affected their moods are affected you know there's just so much outside factors that we can't control um that can affect day-to-day -day stuff and you've mentioned how you know giving them the talking points are important and letting them express that but um aside from even the the teaching part of it just being a teacher with data and and stressed and overwhelming like you're never done you're never done like mm -hmm. and we bring it home with us in our heart and think about these babies all the time what are some ways um that you reconnect with your why and your purpose 
on your most challenging of days when you're just super stressed and having those rough days and, and feeling overwhelmed? How do you get reconnected to your why? Oh, goodness, yes. And I think that's definitely true in this day and age, right? <laughs> teaching in a pandemic. Um, but when I was student teaching, one of the most powerful pieces of advice I got from my mentor teacher at the time was keep this file folder of every single note that a student gives you, a parent gives you, um, your school administrator or fellow colleague gives you. Any little thing, right? Keep it in that file folder. Um, and I actually have, and I do that still to this day, and I label that file folder my happiness and my why folder. And so on my toughest days, right, I go back to that folder and I read back on all those, you know, thank you notes, um, little drawings of me. <laughs> um, and, you know, just see the impact that I've had in these short five years of teaching. And it gets me that, you know, that energy and that spark to keep on going. It's worth doing this. Today is has been a rough day, but every minute's a new minute. Every day is going to be a new day. Um, yeah, I think that's my biggest. And I also do a reflection journal at the end of every day. And my reflections usually consist of, you know, what stood out to me that day? What's one thing I learned about either myself, a student, a colleague on my campus? What's one thing new thing I tried out in the classroom? Did it work? Um, why did it work? And if it didn't work out, why didn't it work out? Yes, I usually do a daily journal reflection as well. Do you often go back to your daily reflection journal? You know what? I sometimes do. <laughs> sometimes, especially if I experience something similar that day and I had another experience that was either the same or very closely related, I'll go back. Or it's really cool to see how much I've also grown in one school year, I feel like after every school year, I grow in some way, either as an educator or just as an adult, a person. And that's been one of the great things doing a um, reflection journal every day. That's awesome. And what advice would you give for other teachers, wherever they're at in their journey of teaching, you know, whether they're the seasoned veteran, whether they're brand new to the profession, whether they're not even teaching it, they're still in college exploring the, you know, all the teaching blocks and kind of getting a feel for this. What advice would you give them, especially, you know, continuing in pandemic right now? Um, how would you encourage them to stay connected to their whys? Um, ooh, I love that question. Uh, I think some advice I would give is, you know, you're going to have new challenging things every school year. And it's things that you wouldn't even know that are coming your way. But those challenges are going to make you an even better and stronger educator and person for your students. Um, and every year, it does not get easier. However, you do get better, right? Um, and Academics, I always, I don't want to get in trouble for saying this, but in my opinion, academics come second and your relationships with your kids come first. Those relationships are the foundation of your classroom. And if you have those strong relationships and those strong foundations, then your kids are just going to meet and go above your expectations that not only did you set for them, but those expectations that the students set for themselves. And so, yeah, I think that would be my 
two biggest pieces of advice for teachers. I love that you comment on the academics come second. And I also love your little laugh of like, I'll get in trouble for this. <laughs> At the same time, when we think about, you know, the impact, I mean, and, and I listen to teachers all the time and I'm asking, you know, hey, what was your experience like as a student and what's your reason and and they have all these powerful things and not a single one of those teachers has told me oh I remember they made me like pass the star test or you know it's never been about the academics and even in your story you're like yeah he was my my ER teacher but you didn't really go into like what he taught you you were explaining the impact of you know he broke through your barrier um he was able to make that connection with you so we don't remember the academics and yes they're important we need them to get where we're going to go with our lives but that's not what we're going to remember. And that's not what's going to shape us be who we are. If we don't have those connections with the students, that's the powerful part. And that's what they remember when they come back and they talk about us years later is it's the connections, whether that's positive or negative. So I love that. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Be brave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say it. <laughs> So Jasmine, one of the last things I like to do on the show is I like to give you an opportunity to shout out somebody in your life or many somebodies in your life who really helped you become who you are and impacted you as an educator. Are there some people you'd like to shout out today? Oh my gosh. Yes, absolutely. I will be that person and I will say multiple people. <laughs> um, first and foremost, I would definitely like to shout out and just thank my two parents, Guinevere and Joseph Dominguez. They have worked tirelessly and endlessly to give me the world and I am just so grateful for them. Um, I also want to give a shout out to my husband who is my rock and my biggest supporter and cheerleader since day one as, um, you know, throughout my journey as an educator. He is just amazing. Um, I would also love to give a shout out to all my colleagues in Lockhart ISD. I just think Lockhart is such a special district with so many special educators, and I just love working for my district. Um, yeah, I think those are my shout outs. So thank you, everybody. <laughs> That's awesome. And Jasmine, if our listeners would like to get in touch with you and find out some more about the ways you build connections with your students or maybe learn some more about the talking points or your morning circles and things like that, how can they get in touch with you? Absolutely. Um, so I do, I am big on Twitter. And so my Twitter handle is at Mrs. Corley Fifth and Corley is C-O-R-L-E-Y and then fifth, number five, T-H. Um, I also do have a teacher Instagram called Captivating Corley, or even a simple email um, at jasmine.corley at, oh my gosh, what is it? I always type it out. I never say it. <laughs> uh, is it lockhart.txed.net? Yes. yes that is my email. So those are the best ways to keep in contact with me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your heart and your stories with us this morning. You have some very powerful ways that you've been impacted as a student. And I think that you're bringing those experiences into your teaching. And I know you're making a powerful impact on your students as well. So thank you so much for sharing those um, stories with us this morning. 
Yes, and thank you for creating this safe space for us educators to share our stories, Christy. It's very powerful. Thank you. You have been listening to Our Heart for Teaching, where we explore our purpose and our why in the field of education. If you would like more information or to share your own purpose in education, be sure to connect with me on Twitter at A Heart for Teaching. I look forward to hearing from you soon, and please tune in to the next episode of Our Heart for Teaching.